Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Starting off today, you heard yesterday the announcement from the Ontario government about kids going back to school. Interesting what's happened since um, some people very much against, some people seem to be very much okay with this. Here, just for a bit of a background and as a bit of a refresher, here's what Education Minister Stephen Lecce had to say yesterday about the plans for kids to go back to school. We've pulled out all the stops for the 2 million students in this province. And let's be clear, our students deserve nothing less. This plan will evolve based on the evolution of COVID-19 and the risk to communities across the province. By having the one meter distancing in addition to increased hand hygiene, in addition to the screening protocols, the testing, the embedded public health nurses, uh, and likewise the use of masking, we believe this will be safe for both elementary and for high schools in Ontario. The plans for elementary and high school remain safe because we've enhanced custodian spending by an additional $75 million to keep these touch points clean. Uh, we've also put in place a mandatory mask policy, which we think uh, will help improve the learning experience ultimately by keeping these kids safe no matter where they are. You heard, if you were listening to the station earlier today, you heard Greg Brady fitting, filling in for Bill Kelly talk about this with a number of guests. Uh, you know that, as I said a moment ago, there are those very much in favor. There are those who have doubts. There are those very much opposed. Let me bring in Annie Kidder. We love having Annie on here. She's the executive director of People for Education, one of the great voices on education in this province. Annie, thanks for doing this today. Thanks for calling uh, me and us a great voice. That's nice. A good well, nice Friday thing. <laughs> well, but it's true. I mean, honestly, it's true. When we look for people who know what they're talking about, you're at the top of the list. And and let me throw this to you right off the bat, because I want to get into whether or not you think this was a good or bad plan or something in between. But just before I get there, let me be a little bit cynical, if I may. It's, it's Friday, cynical Friday, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. We've heard that the teachers unions, I think all four of them today came out and said, we don't like the plan. Am I being too cynical by suggesting that no matter what the plan was that was offered yesterday, the teachers unions were not going to be happy with this? I think that if the province had let everybody know what the plan was before they announced it, but if they had brought people together in a task force, the thing we keep asking for, that there would there would have been less likelihood of that happening. But because what happened was at one o'clock yesterday, all the directors of education, the teachers, the support staff, everybody who works in schools, they all found out with all the rest of us in the public uh, what the plan was. And I think that that, yeah, then you could go, yeah, oh, yeah, people are going to react to it. So even even directors of education who are aren't really allowed to be very public um, or the trustees associations went okay, maybe, or we're not, we're not seeing a lot of details here. So I don't think it's, it's, I I think it's not that you're being cynical. It is, it is, you know, it definitely was going to have that problem if you didn't actually work with everybody in the first place to create the plan. And they said over and over in the press conference yesterday, we listened to the medical experts, the health experts, and and they really said that over and over. And it's like, what about the educational experts? So I think it, this this part was bound to happen. I think there are parts in the plan that are that were were um, surprising and that are you know definitely a step in the right direction. But it is too bad that um, we may be in a situation. And they didn't work with people who run school boards either. So it, it, that that. People are going to go once they try and figure out how they're going to do this, that in a week we're going to hear, which I think we will, um, there's there's not enough money 
um, to to support some of this plan. And I'm I'm a little bit worried about the fact that they they ignored the part in the sick kids report about small class sizes. I'm so I'm worried about parents going. I'm not going to send my kid to school. That's a little. That's a worry right now. Well, there's two groups that I've wondered about that. One is parents, and I think you're probably right. There are some parents who are going to be wondering about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is, are we going to see, because they left the option open, it seemed, for teachers yesterday. Are we going to see swaths of teachers saying, I'm not coming back to class? I don't think, I li- really listened for that part, because I really wondered about that. I don't think they did leave that open. I think they said that if you have a medical reason or a reason to do with age or, you know, connection to other people with sort of compromised immune system, it seemed like you had to have a real medical reason. You just, you couldn't like the parents because they got asked that by the media. Parents can just go, nope, not doing it. And you have to give my child an education online. I didn't get the sense that they were saying, yeah, teachers could just say, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable. It seemed as if you had to have a you know, a pretty good reason. And also then that you were absolutely then going to move in, be moved into the fine, then you're delivering online education, which makes sense for sure. I worry a little bit. This just sounds so bad, but I feel like I'm old so I can say this, um, that people who feel that they're, you know, compromised because they're you know, a little bit older, that they're going to be the ones. This is a terrible thing to say. Anyway, delivering online education. I'm not sure that's necessarily the people you'd want to pick to do that. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Well, it's tricky because look, go back to March, April when the online stuff started and what we heard was that this isn't working, this isn't good education, it's not easy to do. I'm wondering, we've now had, let's see, March, April, May, June, July, so five months almost and we've got at least another month. Have we figured it out by now? When they come back in September, will the online thing given three or four months of practice at two, let's say two or three months of practice and two or three months of prep time, will the online be a better program, a better product? Well, I think that's a really good question. And again, you know, to be a broken record, I think if they had instantly in March or April appointed a task force or a big working table to focus just on that, we might be farther ahead. A, there'd be some sort of systematic way of collecting information from teachers and from students. This worked, this didn't work. Wow, when you do this, you really engage students. I did this and, you know, everybody dropped off and I never heard from them again. Whatever. That's not a very scientific way of putting it. But that we would know more because, the you know, so the one of the surprises in the announcement yesterday was that for um urban areas, which is really like three quarters of the students in Ontario, um, they will be doing half their learning online. And to for your high school, point, yeah. For high school, sorry, for yeah. high school. And to your point, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much real progress did get made. So there, you know, boards are, for the most part, scheduling, um, you know, they, the return to school to happen. So there's like three or four days of professional development for teachers before the kids come back. But that's not very long to figure out how to teach whole courses online. And, and the worry is that for the kids who are struggling, they, and it's not because they don't have internet or laptops, um, it's because they're struggling for a variety of reasons, that we're really going to lose those kids because now we're talking about 
probably the whole year, not just, you know, three months of an emergency. So, but you know, to answer your question in a nutshell, I'm not sure how much learning has gone on uh, from the experience in the spring. Could there be, from either side, from the government side or from the teacher side, would there be an excuse, having given the time and the, the summer the summer vacation, would there be a reasonable excuse for it not to be improved? And I, I, again, I'm saying government and teachers. <laughs> no, I don't think there is a reasonable excuse for it not to be improved. And I think that now that we're, we're saying this is happening and it's real and it's per- permanent-ish, um, there, it, it has to be improved. So when the minister talked yesterday, it was like, live, online, in-person, synchronous. So definitely the part that will change is that it's not just, you know, I'm going to send you a bunch of emails with attachments, goodbye. And I'm not saying most teachers were doing this. Teachers were really trying. It was definitely a mixed bag. And there were, you know, definitely some consistency would be really, really important. I just think that, you know, again, back to like getting all the right heads in the room to figure it out, uh, that that's the thing that would have been more most important. Now, it that probably or maybe happening within school boards that directors and superintendents are working with principals and teachers right while well, they're working their asses off, excuse my language, mm-hmm. right now trying to figure out how to make this all work. But it's like, so hopefully there has been a lot of that. Uh, you know, at the board level. I think it would have been great to see it at the provincial level too. Um, Doug Ford yesterday, when he was introducing Stephen Lecce to make the announcement, one of the things he said, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that they had to balance the risk of the virus versus the emotional and social harm that was being done to students by missing more school. Do you, do you believe that harm actually exists, that there is long-term dangers or downsides to kids not being in school and and i'm i'm even leaving out the just the teaching part i'm talking just about the socializing and the emotional connection yeah i i think that i mean that's you know when you look at the sick kids report which has had a lot of people working on it and i think when you talk to mental health professionals that there is a risk right now and i think that we have to even think about the whole kind of uh, back to school, we have to think about kind of what the on-ramp is, because I think that, well, grown-ups are struggling enough. You know, I have a grown-up daughter who said that she feels that we're all suffering from kind of cosmic anxiety. They're <laughs> living in a pandemic is, you know, sucks. And it's and it makes you kind of anxious a tiny bit all the time. Every time you have to put on a mask to go somewhere, it's like, has the world become dangerous? So for kids, they're living with that. And if they're little, it's hard. I mean, it's hard enough for me and I'm incredibly old to understand what's (laughs) happened to the world. But if you're a little kid, like trying to figure out, you know, and they do really think about it, you know, and little kids sometimes think in very simplistic way, I'm going to die or I'm not going to die or my mother's going to die. And so there's all of that part, but then there's not being able to be with your friends. So the social part of school and the structure of school and the place where I can talk about things or play or, yeah, have all that, that those are really, really important parts of, of kids and teenagers' health. And I think that, 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 that is serious. And we did, and, you know, weighing then, I feel like our whole lives now are just all about weighing risks. It's like, yeah, can yeah. I go to the cottage? Can I go with my family? Do they have to wear masks? Like, we have to think about that all the time now. 
No, Annie, I only have 30 seconds. Okay. I want to ask you this, though, because you, you touched on the, some of the issues around consulting or not consulting. If we go back to the Harris government and then the McGuinty government and the Wynn government and the Ray government before that, and now it, every government, it seems, teachers unions in the government fight, and there seems to be a lack of trust between the two sides. This seems like it's another step in a lack of trust, but it seems like it's a cycle now that we don't trust you, so we're not going to involve you, but then we don't involve you, so now we don't trust you. How do you get out of this? Oh, well, I, I'm I'm not sure, but I think that you have to, it's like unilateral action. It's like, even though I don't trust you, I am going to set the table, I'm going to invite you to the table, and I'm going to listen to what you're saying. That, you know, one side has to do, and in this case, the provincial government had to do, that was their responsibility. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to three on 900 CHML.